Hey there, and welcome to the Agency Rockstars podcast. I'm Dana Lindahl, and I'm the founder of LegendaryLeadGen.com, where we help B2B companies become authorities in their industry, set more sales appointments, and convert those appointments into more sales. We also help other agencies sell our patented process on to their own clients. And we truly believe in the value of building and creating relationships, and in that being the main driver of new sales for agencies. So, Stick around to the end of the show. We're going to be revealing how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing agency podcasts on the planet. All right, let's get straight into it. Welcome back to the show, rock stars. You are listening to Agency Rock Stars. I'm your host, Dan. I'm the, the MC on the stage, and I'm joined by another rock star tonight. His name is Jay Miller. First of all, Jay, welcome to the show. Nice to be here. I'm excited, actually. Awesome. Cool. So, so Jay is the, uh, the, the guy behind Kyber digital, helping people do amazing digital stuff. And so I want to get your story, Jay. Uh, first of all, before we even start, I want to know when I was introduced to you and I looked up Kyber digital, I was like, Ooh, Kyber, like Kyber crystal. And then I saw the, the logo and was like, Oh, that looks like a Kyber crystal. So I just got to ask star Wars fan. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I very much so. So if I show you this, actually this half sleeve, it's a, it's a Star Wars A New Hope, the, the whole sleeve. It's the Star Wars tattoo. Nice. So, yeah, so um, so I'll give you a little bit about why we did that. So first and yeah. foremost, we were trying to find keywords, my partner and I, that were not taken. So we, were, we really wanted to differentiate ourselves. And ironically, after I branded the company, uh, another company in the UK stole the name. So the uh, the reason behind the, the the name was I was I was like instead of trying to find a name that wasn't taken or a verbiage that wasn't taken I said let me go against what my company is actually what our core values are so I I put three words together like a, like a traditional marketing campaign like brand campaigns and I said all right we're we're bold in the fact that we're really aggressive and we're really uh, we're really really uh, pushing forward for uh, our clients to get out there. So we're not just cookie cutter. And then I said, I think we're really keen and sharp on our techniques. We're really on the cutting edge. So I needed something that was kind of edgy because I wanted it to feel like that. And um, I mean that in like a technical sense, like we use a lot of AI software to do what we do on the ad set, ad spend side. And we're always pushing and striving to make our clients campaigns better far more than outside just spend. And uh, you know, even with the strategies, and I wanted to just, you know, be transparent. Like I was like, I, we're very transparent about our, our budgets, our analytics, our approach, our, there's no hidden fees. Like we're very much so um, like we break down where all the money's actually going so that they know like, Hey, this is literally how much we're taking. And then this is how much is going towards your campaign. Like this is literally the number I'm taking to get paid to do what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So when we break it down like that and that have that radical transparency, our clients tend to really appreciate that. And I was a freelancer way before this. So I was already doing the damn thing. And then we hopped in. So I had bold, sharp, and transparent as my keywords. And I just kept thinking crystal, probably because I was with my brother. And he's got like these rainbow fluorite crystals that are all over his his apartment. And um, for whatever reason, I just kept coming back to Kyber crystals because I was fresh in my head. I think um, Force Awakens or uh, no, the second one um, had just come out. Yeah. And, uh, 
and it just made sense. And I looked it up and I was like, it can't be trademarked because it's technically a geological location. So Star Wars can trademark it. <laughs> and it really wasn't much else on it. So that was how it came to be. And then the, the, the logo just stayed somewhat like a crystal. And yeah. I, I, I passed it off to a branding specialist and he put it all together. Nice. How's that going that you've branded yourself after Star Wars? Is that just, it's that, that, that's just cool, man. It's funny because one of our expense platform partners, uh, Divi, which is, by the way, for anybody with a business, anyone, if you have multiple employees who need their own budgets, their own you know, partitions, their own um, whatever, uh, it's, it's a, a really amazing platform. And it's free. And so what's funny is that like they asked me the same question. And he goes, you're not going to believe this, but our founders are Star Wars nerds. And every room is themed after a different planet like Hoth and Endor and Tatooine. He's like, so we eat lunch in like the Endor room. I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> I, I, I nerded out right away. Yeah. But it is a free expense management platform for businesses. And uh, you can create virtual cards so that you can create burner cards so that you can have like this credit card is only for this software and it, it only can charge this much. And if it tries to charge any more, it will just wow. be denied straight away. Um, it's really good for like trial runs of something. So you don't have to worry about canceling. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a really amazing platform, even more so for people that have techs and mechanics in the field or something like that, where they need a stipend. So yeah. um, really, really good platform. It's free. I encourage anybody listening to this with a business to check it out. Yeah. And how, like, how cool is it that in my mind, anyway, it's so interesting that that star Wars connection brings that community together. And then you've become such an evangelist for Divi in addition to it being a good platform. Like you just love them. And it, not that it centers on star Wars, but that commonality, that community is so powerful. Um, so how have you been able to over the, over the years, running Kyber digital, uh, how do you scale and grow, especially like in today's modern marketplace? Um, well, the first and foremost, uh, you got to have the right systems in place on the back end. You have to know your demographic. Like a lot of that's just basic, you know, marketing, like knowing who your audience is, what they want, what they need, and then solving their problems. And then when you figure out that then you, you say, how am I going to solve that problem? And once you start from that and you work your way backwards, you got to, you know, go into like, okay, I'm going to need to set up this type of campaign. Not every client needs SEO. Not every client needs, um, you know, PPC. It really just depends on what the client needs and what the, your, your target audience for your, your clientele, your ICPs need. So yeah. that's the first thing is just figuring out what is actually the demand of the market and then being the best provider of that market. So a lot of this comes to offer building. And I know that's not really an answer a lot of people think about, but that's where it all starts. Because if you don't have a good offer, no one's going to hire you anyway. And when I say an offer, it's not just, I run Facebook campaigns for $1,500 a month and I'll get you X amount of leads and you'll make money and I'll make money and look good. Like, that's not an offer. That's a yeah. service. It's, it's much more based on you're solving a problem and you have a superior way of doing it compared to everybody else. And we can talk about that, you know, at length later, oh. the offer building. I think if you have a good offer, you're going to, you're going to outperform like that offer will outperform any bad sales funnel, any bad marketing messages, any bad, whatever, because the offer is so powerful. So, mm. you know, if you, you like, for example, you could take it to anything. Like I, I have a pair, I, I my feet hurt. I need insoles and I, this company might not have 
a good website. It might not have good branding. It might not have whatever. But if their offer is like, this will heal your back or your money back, you know, this will fix your stuff. We give a two-year warranty and, and they outperform all the other sole, in, you know, insole um, companies. Like you make it a no-brainer. It doesn't matter how bad the marketing is. So that's the first thing I would always say to, to start with is understanding your audience and then building an offer. And uh, when it comes to scale, which is actually where we're, we're kind of actually scaling again now as an agency, we're moving from B2C markets to B2B markets. So it's all systemizing. So I hired somebody very recently and her only job is to work the backend systems, like figure out how internal departments are talking to one another. And this is also, we're a little bit bigger, but so I'd say if, if you're just starting out, it's those two things plus having a consistent lead generation funnel that is actually, you know, bringing in leads. And sure. that's the first step, offer building, knowing the audience, having a consistent lead funnel. And I say consistent because if you turn stuff on and off, you can't, you can't get enough data over a long period of time to figure out what works. Yeah. We shift our marketing messages even by a couple paragraphs every two weeks or so. And sometimes it will turn an entire campaign around where all of a sudden the leads are piling in more than they were because we were able to just tweak something that, that we saw was where the stop gap was. We're like, all right, everyone's stopping here. So we need to fix that. And then they should get to the next step. Yeah. So yeah, just measuring your efforts, however you need to do that. Um, but there's a lot of ways to scale. There's so many ways to scale, but the, the, the best thing I can say is offer building and uh, you know, being able to fulfill what you're saying you can fulfill, yeah. uh, having that lead funnel in place, and then client retention, which nobody talks about. So yeah. you need to be able to retain your clients and set expectations as to what exactly your your interactions with them look like from a you know uh, from point A to point B. You, you yeah. have to be able to retain the clients. And so much of those Facebook gurus, they just they're churn and burn. They don't care. They put them on these templated, like white labeled, you know, advertising platforms. And it's just, they don't care if they lose a client because they pick up another and that's just volume for them. It's a volume game. There's no quality behind their work. Um, They have things that work, but it's not like it's cookie cutter, you know? So you're not building relationships. That's the way I would say in a nutshell, like, to scale is not just one thing. Like you need a system and you need to have a lot of things in place to scale. It's not as simple as, Oh, run these ads, have a sales closer. Like none of that is going to help you long-term. It might help yeah. you short-term, but with the word scale is derivative and, 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 you know, implementing that out, it hints towards a long-term strategy. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good advice. So on that, on that note of client retention, Jay, um, I'd love to hear a story about how you've uh, won over your clients, a favorite story of how you serve them, how maybe you've created that retention that's so powerful to never go anywhere else. What's a big win for Kyber Digital? You've got clients that have been with us for five years. Yeah. Um, and most of the time you just, you know, build relationships with those guys. Uh, you know, uh, we send out, we send out Christmas baskets and they're very personalized. I, I hand write um, each note. You know, and then we, we use companies like Mac or um, there's another one, uh, a big one that ships wine and stuff. I uh, forget who we used, Harry and David, I think. And um, so it, it, the reason is like you can't just buy over your clients, but you you really listen to what they're trying to tell you. 
and what their concerns are. And you, you creatively strategize with them because not every client's the same. Like and not every market's the same. We have tons of roofers, for example, and it'll be a drastically different campaign, even from, you know, uh, Albany, New York to like, you know, Sag uh, Sagittarius, New York. Like they're, they're two completely different areas that have different markets and, and they're hours apart. And it, it's, you just have to make sure that you're, you're, utilizing that communication between the you and the client. And I bring up this point because really good marketers communicate with their clients. It might not be twice a week. It might not be every week, but you should be communicating via email at least once a week and then doing monthly calls to say, Hey, this is what we're seeing. I've been giving you materials. I've been giving you updates. Like, is there anything that you're seeing from your end that I'm not aware of that could make this campaign better and just being accessible, you know, it, the one thing I'd say you got to hire over anything else is an account manager, somebody to just talk to those clients. So after you start to get to a certain level, you want to have somebody handling the clients at least on the, on the level of materials and communication. So yeah. being trustworthy and building relationships and communication. If you have no communication, why would that person want to stay with you? And, yeah. I, and that's the hardest part is like, you don't want these people to be calling you on the weekends, which has happened to me. <laughs> but quite a bit. But yeah. the point is like, if you're able to get these guys to, to really, you know, trust you and trust the process and you say, Hey, you know what, what you wanted, it's going to take eight months and we have to put it in place here, here, and here. Like you want, you want to have nine appointments a day. Well, we have to scale you there. We have to do it in the right order. We have to have the SEO running for this much time. You have to set very clear expectations and you have to put them, um, to be accountable for whatever you need from them as well. So it's, yeah. it's a partnership. And, and I think people forget that. So what you've got to view this as a partnership. If you're a churn and burn agency, you don't have that. So you don't care if someone leaves because you don't even know who they are and you're just going to assign somebody else. And that type of agency or the pay per lead model agencies, that's fine. That's, that's how they operate. We're a little bit of a, more of a boutique where we work very closely with our clients, but even through COVID, when everyone was panicking, nobody left. Nobody even turned their ads off. They just, I just said to them, like, look, this is all going to ride out. Let's maybe minimize the damage in March when it hit. But it's, that's a strategy, you know, and it really comes down to just having relationships and building trust with the people that are under you. Yeah. And, that, and it sounds like it, it, Kyber, especially maybe other successful agencies, but at Kyber in particular, it's, it's less about the great big splash win and more about the constant small wins, communication, just building that trust. I'll give you one story too. Like going above and beyond and exceeding expectations can go a long way. Over delivering is something that every guru talks about. You should over deliver. So I signed a HVAC client that was, had been put into the red because of a bad Facebook marketing agency. So we looked at the account, they, they came to us, we audited the account and it was, it was awful. And I said, look, this is why it's failing. And uh, I said, even if you don't hire us, fire them, you know, like just, this isn't working, you're bleeding. <laughs> so they ended up um, signing with us, but they had no budget. They, they were like basically about to go bankrupt. Um, they just wow. needed to recover and uh, they needed help to do it and they needed to get back on the feet. So we ran the campaign for the first, we did all the setup for free. We ran the first campaign for the first month for free. We redid their website for free. And on the, under the stipulation that they signed a six month contract, of course, but 
we, we kind of like drip fed them into the normal retainer price over the next three months. And mm-hmm. that I was in the position to do that. So not everyone can do something like that. And I only offered it to that company because they were, they were bleeding, you know, and, and, and the guy was really, you know, had, had a, a heartbreaking story as to why they started this company too. So just the human mm-hmm. side, and he wanted to help, but you know, they went from being in the red to doing $5 million that year. Wow. And, and even though we had other headaches along the way, regardless of what they were, they saw how much we invested into their company and they probably will never go anywhere else because of how much we've invested into their company. So yeah. they, and what I think people forget is this is branding. This isn't just retain retention of clients. This is brand aware, like a, like a branding part of your, of your bill. Like, and I say that meaning like if you love Apple products and you buy a MacBook and the one that you get just sucks, well, you're more likely to forgive Apple for that bad product or for that bad experience. You as a consumer will forgive them if something goes wrong because you're like, ah, oh, you know what? Like they've been great this whole time. This is one thing yeah. up the road. And I think people really forget about that. So you need to be able to brand yourself as someone that they can trust and almost create fandom about your brand. Like you want them to rant and rave about you. And if they aren't, then you're not, you're not doing enough unless your model is set up different. Like I said, like a, a paper lead model that doesn't happen it's yeah. most of the time it can, but it, it mostly doesn't because you're only doing one thing. So that, that's, yeah. that's typically what I would say about retention is you just got to provide as much value and, and build relationships with those people. Yeah. And it's great that you're, you're willing to teach that to others, whether it's agency owners that are listening or it's businesses that you're working with. Um, I imagine it's a big pain point for a lot of us is that retention. So thanks for sharing that. Um, Jay, this, this goes by way too fast. You've got so much information to give. <laughs> I, I could spend, we may have to do a part two here. I'll have to ask the producers. Sure, um, sure. I've got, I've got one more big question for you, but I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to connect with Kyber, Kyber digital, uh, and with okay. you, where do you send folks who want to follow your story and learn more about you? They can just, uh, go to kyberdigital.com. Um, and if they want to schedule like a strategy call, you know, it, it, there's a call to actions all over the page, but if someone wants to reach out to me directly, uh, it's just J J A Y. That's my name at kyberdigital.com. And someone can email me with any questions about anything. Cause we're pretty, we're pretty stacked. Like we go you know, from now it's, it's not just B2C markets. It's B2B markets as well. They're two completely different playing fields of, of both software and strategy. So yeah. I've got a lot of knowledge in my head that I, I'm on Clubhouse now, and I think that was a mistake because now people just—it's like every time I get on there and I start saying something, they're like, "Oh my god, that's incredible!" I'm like, "I thought this was common knowledge, but maybe I just—I right. I don't know." <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's—it's. It's, uh, yeah, I'm open. I'm an open book. I'm an open resource. I love to educate, so anyone can yeah. come and ask questions, and there's no sales pressure. There's nothing like that. Cool, awesome, yeah, very approachable. So, um, all right, Jay. So here's the thing. I, you've given some great advice. I want to, I mean, you think about this for a second, if you, if you need to, I want to hear counterintuitive advice. This seems like not, no, no, at first, but once you implement it has really paid off for you. I would, I would say like, uh, uh, it's hard. I would say like, do, like that, what I explained with Nick's, like when you maybe sacrifice or invest into a company prior to them even paying you. Um, and it sometimes takes a lot of time to do that, but I'm going to give you an example. So, there's a company that we're working with in the manufacturing sector. Um, I can't say their name at the moment, but 
basically I developed a relationship with one of the owners on LinkedIn and it was a real relationship, like just commenting back and forth. Like eventually uh, he had a problem he posted about and I was able to help. Um, and we just developed rapport. And, uh, you know, sooner or later he just asked me what I did and it was exactly what he needed. Mm-hmm. That account is worth a hundred million dollars annually. So it's a, it's a very large client and it's global. And uh, if we, if we end up, um, we pretty much are at the point now where at the final negotiations of what the contract's going to look like. And so it, it was a year in the making of me just nurturing this guy in, in a really realistic way. Like, not like, Hey man, like if you don't end up working with me, fine, whatever, but I'll still give you advice. I'll still help because that's the way I am. Yeah. So I give back, I give value. But what I'm saying is that's counterintuitive is I spent a lot of time on this one person, you know, which, which a lot of people don't want to do because they're just like, nah, I just need leads now leads now. Like, I don't have a sales cycle of a year, you know, but it paid off because eventually I found out this guy actually needs my help and there's way enough budget to make it happen. So I would say sometimes nurturing in a very human like matter that takes time out of your day to do a lot of people don't like to do it because it's not scalable. But if you really believe in a certain prospect, I would, I would keep at it um, because it can pay off. And I know it's not, there's not really a, I'll give one more too on the, on advertising side. It's a lot of people like advertising stuff. Um, let's just say Facebook and Google ads. Um, sometimes you want to increase the CPA dramatically. And then, and so what anyone listening CPA is a uh, cost per acquisition. So when you increase that, sometimes it'll say, Hey, um, it's now costing you a hundred dollars to acquire a client on average rather than 50. And a lot of people are like, well, I, I want to get it this as low as possible. But what happens is if the number's too low, you're not going to compete in the auction, because the especially on Google, because it'll continuously try to only spend what it's spending to get to that low CPA. So you can actually handicap your campaign by having that target CPA in place, and it's too low. So if you, say, have a $400 CPA, and it's taking about maybe 200 bucks to get that actual conversion on average. If you had lowered it to 200, it may actually handicap the account. You want to give yourself some headroom and you can always get a $200 CPA on an account in this scenario between two and four, you can always get like that lower CPA, even though your actual CPA target is a lot higher, you can actually achieve the lower one, but you don't want to handicap yourself in the sense that, you know, you can't actually get the account because the algorithm will try to reach that number and it just won't spend. And it, you could be like, ah, I have you know a really big budget and I have impressions and I'm just, for whatever reason, the, the, the budget's not getting spent, but we're bidding pretty high every day. And you got to remember it's, there's algorithms behind that. So even if you had, let's say a $400 a day budget, that's like, like 11 grand a, a month. Um, and uh, it's, something like that, you know, but uh, you might not even spend eight of it or five of it because your CPA was wrong or the bidding strategy was wrong. So, but in this scenario for counterintuitive advice, sometimes it makes a lot more sense to increase the cost per acquisition. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like it makes sense because in the, in the long run, it will take that handicap off of the account and allow the algorithm to actually spend the budget and compete in the auctions. Otherwise it might not even compete at all and your ad doesn't show up. And that's why you're not spending the full budget every month. Yeah. So that's just a, a really weird, quick tip um, about advertising. 
Yeah. Super tactical, man. That's great. Yeah. I can, I can hear, I can hear now all the, the keyboard note taking the writing going like that's yeah. amazing. So yeah, that's really yeah. good. That is counterintuitive. Excellent. Well, Jay, Hey, listen, man, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and Kyber digital. I uh, appreciate you being a part of agency Rockstars. listeners go to kyberdigital.com for all that stuff. And you, yeah, seriously hit that find out how for a discovery call, do it. Jay's worth it. Jay. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Agency Rockstars podcast. If you're an agency owner who would like to appear in this podcast, please visit legendaryleadgen.com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you found this episode valuable, I would really appreciate you sharing it on social media. Even just a quick screenshot of the episode showing on your phone shared to social media would be great. If you truly enjoyed the episode, we'd also really love a rating in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Dana Lindahl, and if you want to connect, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also find more information about everything we're currently doing at legendaryleadgen.com. Thanks for listening, and hope to hear from you soon.